Sports Talk 1110-993 WBT. The Calendar Show. 704-570-1110-1800 WBT 1110. Uh, and uh, yes, I am uh, looking at Congressman Cawthorn's barely covered chest. Um, so thank you for that, Politico. Appreciate it. Um, I joined uh, Bo and Beth this morning on Good Morning on BT uh, for the morning show and I uh, talked a little bit about this. I spoke with Brett Winterbull on Friday about this when it first broke. He actually sent me a text message asking me, have you seen this? I said, no. And then I looked and I said, oh, my gosh. And so then I got on with him for a couple minutes before the end of his program. But let's get into this Madison Cawthorn story. All right. First off, it is obvious that his story checks out. All right. Now, that's not to say that it's much better than that, but his story checks out here, which is that he was on a cruise. And we all know what happens at, at, you know, at sea when you're away. Like that's it's like Vegas. You don't talk. About, no, I'm kidding. But this is although it is kind of apparently I actually have friends who went on a cruise. They came back and I want to say it was like a baby shower or something where. They incorporated this event. And if you don't know what it is, it's like a scavenger hunt kind of a thing. And anyway, they incorporated this quest event into uh, their baby shower. That's my recollection of it. It was not risque or anything, but, you know, car keys or cell phone or something like that. And that's what this apparently is about. And it. It's adults only. It happens at 11 o'clock at night. I don't know how old Cawthorn was at this time. It was after his car accident because he is in the wheelchair. But the picture in Politico, which appears to be a picture of a picture, as in somebody took screenshots or uh, uh, sorry, somebody took photos on their you know camera or something, uh, their cell phone camera, and then somebody else took some pictures of those pictures. That's what it kind of looks like, but I'm not sure. But the exclusive story that Politico had is that Madison Cawthorn photos reveal him wearing women's lingerie in a public setting. All right, first off, is a Royal Caribbean cruise line, is that a public setting? I mean, I guess it is, like, on the boat in public. It's not in private on the boat. But there's definitely a way more limited public viewability, if you will, right? At any rate, the photos, and it shows Cawthorn in the chair. He's wearing some sort of a lacy, sheer kind of muscle shirt looking thing, but of a feminine nature. It's got, he's also got like some jewelry, some necklaces. He's got a, uh, he's got big hoop earrings and he's got like a, a chain clipped to his lip that then goes up to his ear Oh, and also he's wearing a, he's got a bra that's not like clasped in the back, but it's, so it's like around his arms and it's hanging down around his rib cage. Uh, and then he's also, uh, uh, looks to be sipping on a glass of white wine in one of the pictures. And behind him are three different women, apparently having just a fantastic time. Uh, they they kind of strike me a little bit as uh, the woo girls, you know, 
You know what a woo girl is? These are the girls at the, you know, at the parties that are always like, woo, that's their whole, like, that's the battle cry. Like, that's the, like, that's the, the apex of communication, right? I'm not saying they are. I'm just, they're, they're, there's like one, one of them is putting a, uh, she's got her finger like pressing into the bottom of her lip. I don't know if that's like in reference to Madison Cawthorn with the lip ring going on, but then the other girls are in all of, in both of these pictures, they have their mouths open. They're obviously yelling in excitement. Yay. Or something like that. Or maybe woo at any rate. Do I think that this is of particular value? No, not really. Because the people who don't like Madison Cawthorn, not going to change their minds with this photo. It's not like anybody is looking at these photos and saying, you know, I really hated Madison Cawthorn. But now, now that I saw him dressed up like that, well, he's my kind of congressman. So that's not going to happen. All right, then you got people who are very pro-Madison Cawthorn. Through all of the stories, all of the different mini scandals or issues or whatever, like all and scandals, all of the different things. And believe me, I am aware of them. They it's like drinking from a fire hose. It's just this constant barrage of new stories and events and infractions and mess ups and statements, pictures and videos constantly for two years, two years especially people in the district. Two years, people have been subjected to this. Now, maybe they want off of the ride. Maybe so. But the, you know, a lot of Cawthorn supporters that love Madison Cawthorn, they're not going to be persuaded to abandon their support based on that uh, these pictures. But then you got a lot of people that are neutral. A lot of people that, you know, that they're not really following politics. They liked him because he was, you know, young guy. He's attractive. Whatever. They may have felt bad for him. His his story was a compelling story. Then they really didn't like Mo Davis. Whatever. They just tend to vote Republican, but they're not really tied to doing so. Whatever. Those neutral folks. I think yeah, you could probably see some erosion among those people. In other words, you've got three groups of people, and two of them, two of the groups, are have some people in their ranks that are persuadable and neither one of those groups, if they were to be persuaded, nets more support for Cawthorn. So it's lose by how much we're not sure. So you can either lose like a lot. You can lose a little support from the two groups, either among supporters or those who are neutral, but his opponents already hate him. So he's not going to pick up any support there. So this is a net loss. Right there, because there are people that will look at these pictures and say, "This guy's embarrassing me. I do not want to have to keep defending this guy. I do not like the fact that he's my representative." So there are going to be some of those people, absolutely. That being said, is this a campaign killer? I don't think so. I think there are way more things. Specifically, his attempt to run in a different district. I think that's way more. On people's minds. I think constituent services is way more on people's minds. But never underestimate people's unwillingness to be embarrassed by their vote. 
It's why people lie about who they voted for after elections. They don't want to be embarrassed. They want to be on the winning team. They, they don't want to be associated with somebody who is, you know, running into all sorts of problems for as long as Cawthorn has been. And look, maybe he survives all of this. I have my doubts considering the fundraising numbers that we're looking at now. But all right, we'll get into it. I'm curious what you think. Do you care at all about this photo? Does it matter? Oh, hey, a reminder, tomorrow, 6.30, right here on WBT, the Fraternal Order of Police hosting a debate moderated by our own Brett Jensen tomorrow, right here on WBT. The debate is among the three Democratic candidates uh, candidates for Mecklenburg Sheriff, Sheriff Gary McFadden, the incumbent, Gina Hicks, and Marquise Robinson. Uh, they are uh, trying to beat him in the Democrat primary. There is no Republican running. So whoever wins the Democrat primary wins the race for sheriff, which I was talking with some friends over the weekend. And I think I might, I think I might be voting in the Democrat primary specifically for this, for the sheriff, not for the sheriff, sorry, against the sheriff, (laughs) sorry, in the sheriff's race. I'm thinking this is what I might do. It's going to depend on what I hear tomorrow night, right here, 630 till eight o'clock exclusively on WBT. So uh, tune in for that. Um, Madison Cawthorn in this photo. So first up, Politico pushes the story out on a Friday. And I made a joke about this with uh, Brett Winterbull on Friday when I, I, I mocked the timing of it, saying, oh, this is when they dump all of the really big scandals they don't want you to pay attention to, right? The, the Friday afternoon news dump. Now, that is true, by the way. They, that, that is a tactic. You dump it on a Friday afternoon because reporters have left town, that sort of thing. And this thing moved at uh, 4.47 p.m., so shortly before close of business. But I also started thinking about this over the weekend. I'm, I'm wondering if it's a sign that even they knew this really wasn't a big deal. This wasn't a big story. Again, this it's chum in the water for the anti Cawthorn crowd. Of course, they're gonna they're gonna gobble it up, and you know they're arguing. Oh, it's hypocrisy. It's just about hypocrisy. Because the other day he tweeted that uh, what was it that there? Yeah, there's only one God and two genders, and so the left says it's about hypocrisy. Oh, cry me a river, hypocrites! Seriously. Like, your charge of hypocrisy carries no purchase with me any longer because you guys are hypocrites. So I don't care to listen to your crying about that. But allow me to take up the uh, the nature of the charge that it is somewhat hypocritical for him to say there's one God and two genders while also having uh, engaged in a scavenger hunt that included wearing uh, women's lingerie. Okay, first off, the guy's ripped. You've seen pictures of the guy, you know, Madison Cawthorn, right? The guy's got muscles on his muscles. He's he's ripped. And I imagine, and as one who has never been ripped, I imagine that when you, when you are ripped and you are in your 20s, you probably walk around with your shirt off a lot. Bernie, would you like to weigh in on any of this? Do you believe this is accurate? And at, Bernie is the resident on-staff millennial. 
<laughs> so what is the, <laughs> what what is your experience? If you're totally ripped and you're in your twenties, are you more or less likely to walk around shirtless as a dude, particularly if you find yourself on a cruise? Yeah, I think it depends on the environment. Obviously, the cruise is, you know, there's ladies there, Pete. Indeed. There are Let's ladies be, that's there. A, that's a fair point, because you would probably not be walking around topless in a church. Exactly. Right. It's all about the environment. Right. And in the environment, on a Royal Caribbean cruise, after 11 o'clock at night, part of this, this uh, scavenger hunt thing that is put on by the cruise line, and, oh, look at this funny, you dress up in the different, oh, you put on a different shirt. Oh, okay, I'll put on a different shirt. Allow me to take off this shirt, flex my muscles to everybody, and put on this other shirt that allows you to continue to stare at my bulging muscles. Does that sound like a believable thing that, I don't know, most dudes would do if in the same situation? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so as well. So, so... Is this hypocrisy? I thought Cawthorn responded to somebody on Twitter. I thought he actually made a fair point, which was, quote, my gender didn't change when I put that stuff on, and neither does anyone else's. Fair point, right? It's, it's a non sequitur. The, the attack that him wearing those clothes somehow is hypocrisy because he believes there are only two genders it, it, it does not follow. The argument, it's not analogous. So try again. No, the, the, the whole point of the photo is, we hate Madison Cawthorn. That's the point of the photo. It's to damage him. It's to try to get as many little cuts against him as they can. So he dies by a thousand cuts. To me, a bigger problem reported by the Daily Beast that Cawthorn has been a prolific fundraiser for Republican candidates. I've mentioned this before. And this is one of the reasons why when he made the comments about the coke and the orgies going on, this is why it angered so many Republicans, because he has been fundraising for them. And he's been traveling around, going to events and stuff. And so now all of those Republican candidates who have a connection to Cawthorn because he came and spoke to them, uh, spoke to what, you know, did a fundraiser for their donors or something. If I'm an elected official and I bring him to town and he gives a speech and then the next day I see he's talking about how people he respects in Congress, they're all, you know, doing coke and inviting him to orgies. Like all of a sudden now, well, wait a minute, you're impugning me. I'm now going to get some of that on me. I don't want any of that on me. That's why people got so mad at him. And now, now I'm not so sure people want him fundraising for them any longer. His joint fundraising account with the National Republican Congressional Committee called the Cawthorn Triumph account shows zero dollars in receipts for the first three months of the year. The well went dry in October and Cawthorn Triumph hasn't raised any money since. That's a problem. That's a problem. Six 
So Cawthorn, Madison Cawthorn's joint fundraising account with the National Republican Congressional Committee showed zero dollars in receipts for the first three months of the year. A handful of fundraising blitzes last year fueled almost three quarters of a million dollars in donations, but the well went dry in October. Um, to make matters worse, another new filing shows Cawthorn's leadership pack called Making a Difference in Service to Our Nation, or Madison Pack, Making a Difference in Service to Our Nation. Um, the Madison Pack has also cooled its activity. It's only gotten $2,000 in contributions, which came from one person who was the PAC's treasurer. Cawthorn's campaign committee has burned through much of the money that it's raised, retaining only about 10% of $2.9 million so far that it has raised. Meanwhile, you've got a Republican super, uh, super PAC called Results for NC, and it's dropped over $500,000 over the past few days running anti-Madison Cawthorn ads on YouTube, and they may be moving into television as well. This is the one, I think, that is associated with Tom Tillis. Where did the photos come from, from the cruise line? Where, where did they come from? I don't know. I'm going to guess, though. And, I mean, maybe you want to call me the master of the obvious on this, but I'm guessing it's Lisa Wiggins, the woman who was in the story last week saying she had also, she said, quote, there's some good stories. I have lots of good stories. Remember, because she got fired. Because she tried to take Family Medical Leave Act because her uncle had died and her husband was sick. And she tried to take FMLA and they rejected her and then they fired her. And she had closed down all of the district offices in his district. That's a massive district. The Western District of North Carolina, that North Carolina 11th District, that is a huge district just geographically. And there are like no straight line roads because it's the mountains. So in order to, like, you could probably, this is, I swear this is true. You can see your destination because the mountains, right? I'm on one mountain. I'm looking over at the other mountain. I'm like, oh, that's where I need to go. And it says it's only two miles away. And that's going to take you 20 minutes because you got to go down the mountain. And then you go down the mountain. You can't just go right down the mountain. It's too steep. So then they do the switchback. So you got to, you got to like circle the whole mountain or you got to go halfway around the mountain and do 180 degrees and come back the other way. And you got to go all the way down the mountain. You got to go through the valley and then you got to go all the way up the mountain. So it's a long time to travel around the state. And so the district offices were there to help people, constituents, go and get stuff done. If you got a congressman's office that's an hour away, and you need some help with your passport or something, right? You're probably going to put that off. That's a that, that's a long ride to go to a congressional office for some paperwork help, you know? But if you've got one in the next town over, and that's only, you know, 20 minutes, and look, I can see it from this other mountain, then you'll probably head on over there, and somebody in that office will be able to help you. But Cawthorn closed down his offices. He only has the one left in his hometown of uh, Hendersonville. I think that actually matters more. I do. I think that matters more than the picture. Here's another one. Wall Street Journal just did a big write-up on it because there was a candidate debate last night. Cawthorn did not show. 
State Representative Mark Pless, who I have interviewed, he was a former county commissioner. He said that he struggled to get Cawthorn's help for federal money for debris removal after a flood in August of 2021 that killed five people and destroyed property in several counties. Now, if you've been listening to this show, you probably remember I had folks on the show to talk about what had happened in Western North Carolina with the floods. Hearts with Hands, the organization, they were on the ground helping feed the uh, first responders and the victims, survivors. So here you have a state representative who's trying to get federal help for the debris removal. And Mark Pless says, quote, I couldn't get him to the table. So I wound up having to go through somebody else's office. He said he had to go to work with uh, Mr. Tom Tillis's staff to get resources. So now Pless is backing State sent former state sent soon to be former state senator Chuck Edwards in the race. Luke Ball, Cawthorn spokesman, said he was unaware of Pless's issue and said the congressman has been successful in having requests for relief fulfilled. To me, I think this is the stuff that matters more. If you've got Republicans on record willing to say these things, that Hey, this guy is not doing constituent services. He's not working with us to help our citizens. I think if you've got people that are saying that, then there are way more people that already think it. And people who don't have any other power except the power of their one vote on Election Day, right? Not state senators or U.S. senators or congressmen or party officials or anything like that. Just voters. People who need something done, they ask a request, or they got a friend who needed something done, and they tried to get help, and they couldn't. Constituent services is such a huge part of running a political office. The actual office itself with your staff and caseworkers and that sort of stuff, hugely important. If you don't believe me, ask anybody over at the Jesse Helms Center. Strom Thurmond, too. Strom didn't care. If you were a Democrat or Republican, he didn't care if you hated him. If you needed something done, his office helped you. And voters remember that. They absolutely remember that. What else? Ah, a lot of this is of Cawthorn's own making. From the run-ins with the cops, with the the, uh, driving too fast, you know, the speeding tickets, driving with the revoked license, Uh, The comments that he makes about uh, what Zelensky and the cocaine and the orgies and the carrying the gun into the airport and carrying knives into multiple school board meetings and all of these things, they all add up. And people don't want to be embarrassed, particularly unaffiliated voters don't want to be embarrassed by their representative. But not only is this largely the problems he is facing right now is they're of his own making. And he said he tried he got on Twitter yesterday and tried to say something like, oh, here the left is, you know, trying to come after me over these goofy pictures. The left didn't put those pictures out there. Somebody close to you did that. That was those were Republicans. That's not a left versus right issue. That's a Republican versus Republican. So that's personal. That's why I think it's the former staffer who was disgruntled. I mean, it's a bit obvious. It's not really a who done it for me, but I tend, you know me, I'm an Occam's razor kind of guy, and I'm going to go with the most obvious solution is probably the correct one. Um, 
or, or the obvious uh, suspect. Now, the other thing here is that Madison Cawthorn's problems in this election fight, and I have no idea if he'll win, he's got to get 30% to a uh, plus one vote. So just over 30% he needs in order to avoid a runoff. And if he does not get 30%, then the top two votainers, eh, eh, yeah, votainers, not vote getters. It's a terrible word. Swap it out with votainers. We're going to make this happen. We're going to be on the map if we make this happen. Well, just in a dictionary, maybe. But the top two votainers would then go to a second primary or what's called the runoff, right? You would. So the idea here is you've got Cawthorn and seven other candidates. It either splits apart too many ways among the seven and Cawthorn ekes through with 31%. Or, or the opposition to Cawthorn is so widespread that he still can't even get over 30 plus 1% which would really be amazing. But because there are so many candidates, people have a lot of options. So if they're thinking, you know what, I don't want to go with Cawthorn. Let me look at some of these other people. There are enough other candidates that are there where they could say, okay, well, this person over here checks the box that I'm looking for. And so Cawthorn might finish first, but if he doesn't finish first with 30% plus one, then he's in a runoff. And at that point, all of the anti-Cawthorn sentiment would coalesce around whoever that person uh, challenging him would be. I have no idea if that's the way it plays out, but that is one way it could. Oh. News Talk 1110. Whoops, sorry. Real professional, Pete. Banged into the microphone. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Uh, just got this from my buddy Mark Starling. He's the morning guy up in Asheville where I used to work. He says, Pete, I talked with several large donors this weekend uh, that said, uh, that, well, why do you got to bring their weight into it, Mark? What's up with that? Oh, sorry. No, he meant, I, oh, my bad. <laughs> Big money donors. He said uh, this weekend they say there's no way in hell they would give money Another, or give him another cent because of his awful record. One was ready to donate 30K and pulled it back. That, to me, is going to be the tale of the tape for Cawthorn. And again, I don't know if he clears 30%. I don't. But to me, there have been so many incidents, little things here and there, little things... Just constant, but it's just this constant drip, 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 drip. And, okay, fine, I can defend him against this one thing. Okay, fine, I can defend it on another, and then another. And then it's just like, oh, God, I hope nobody asks me about this anymore. And when you get to that point with an elected official, you're not going to vote for them. You're not going to vote for them. If you are thinking that to yourself, that you don't even want to have to talk about the person... If you got a chance to vote for seven other people on the ballot, you're going to do that. Chances are you're going to do it. Because honestly, what are Cawthorn's accomplishments that you can point to to say all of it's worth it? Right? What has he what has he won for the district? And it doesn't seem like much. And the worst thing, in my opinion, the worst thing that he did 
was to announce that he was going to run in the newly drawn district in, that would uh, uh, encompass Gaston County, Cleveland County, uh, the western part of Mecklenburg County, which was, the rumor was, it was drawn for House Speaker Tim Moore. Tim Moore wanted to run for Congress, so they had this district drawn up for him, and uh, it was a perfect district, heavy Republican. He was going to win it, but then Cawthorn saw it, Wow, look at that, really Republican district. And so he said, I'm going to run in that district. He then has Michelle Woodhouse, who is the North Carolina district of the NC-11 Republican district uh, chairwoman, uh, sort of like uh, uh, greases the skids for her. You know, I'll endorse you. I think he even donated some money to her. And that was sort of the, the plan. And remember, he actually drew out the plan. He drew a map. Went down to Mar-a-Lago, talked to Donald Trump, said, here are the Republicans that are all, you know, we want the, all of these people in these races and these districts and all that. And he put himself in the newly created, what was it, the 13th district, I think it was. And then the court stepped in and tossed the maps out, which meant he had to go back to the 11th and run in the district that he currently represents. But by that point, you had seven other Republicans that had entered the race and they're not going anywhere. That's what I mean. This is of his own doing in so many aspects. This is of his own doing. He is in the position he is in. And I know people, and I have friends, they are they love Madison Cawthorn. He fights. But he doesn't win, but he fights. I'm not aware of any wins. Which fighting is important. Please, don't get me wrong. Fighting is important. I agree. But what are the wins? And I think I said this this morning. It remind the, the pictures today. They reminded me of the um, uh, the dancing video of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Remember when she was in college and they did some sort of video uh, spoof of the Breakfast Club video dance scene, whatever from the movie. And I remember when that came out, and there were people mocking it, and then like, oh, the right wingers are attacking. AOC because she dances. Look at the video. And I started to get the sense, like, is this an is this actually from the right or is this the left saying that the right is outraged when the right really isn't, much like the whole tan suit thing with Obama? The right didn't care about Obama's tan suit. I know. I was on the air at the time. We never covered it as a topic. Nobody cared about the tan suit. But the reaction that the lefties had was to accuse the right of making it a big deal, which then, of course, made it a big deal. Because the left, you know, controls the narrative. And so they made it a big deal. Oh, the right-wingers are all upset about the tan suit. Oh, we never had a single scandal except wearing a tan suit. Not true. Just like AOC's dance video, I don't think anybody on the right cared about it. Made her look relatable. Look, She was a kid. She was in college. She was dancing, having fun. Didn't matter. And so I think most people are going to approach this the same way. But it's another thing. It's yet another thing. Um, Cawthorn faces seven opponents in the GOP. Oh, there's one other thing. Moving to the other uh, district. This is why I, th- I forgot to make this point here. Sorry. This is why I think it's so important. Is that if you've ever read J.D. Vance's book, Hillbilly Elegy, I highly recommend it. Uh, but and I read it years ago. But there was one of the stories he talked about, Too Big for Their Bridges. He talked about how in a lot of Appalachian cultures... Uh, all up and down, you know, the the Appalachian Trail, all up and down the mountain ranges. You've got 
this culture that exists where people, and this, by the way, this same culture exists in urban America as well, which is, as the philosopher Chris Rock talked about, you get more respect coming out of prison than out of school. There is, uh, there is this resentment that people have for others who, quote, get out. This also happens up in the Northeast, right? Boston, I'm looking in your direction. At any rate, people who get out of poor or bad situations, make a better life for themselves, are oftentimes viewed with resentment. And then those people carry sort of a guilt for having, quote, left behind their family, their friends, and that sort of thing. Also, Western North Carolina is... Very much aware. We talked with uh, Corey Valencourt from the Smoky Mountain News about this, and he agreed when I asked him. I was kind of surprised he said so so quickly, but he made a great point also about the, the, the sentiment that exists in the western part of the state is that they're ignored by everybody as if they don't exist. People will come and look at the mountains, but you might as well be in Tennessee. You don't, it's like there's no connection there that people in western North Carolina are of North Carolina, too. And so they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder about that, that like Raleigh thinks that the state ends, you know, before, I guess probably now Kings Mountain, right? That, that you can't go to the western part of the district and see any evidence that Raleigh gives a flying Fig Newton about them. They're very sensitive to that. And then you got your, your congressman who tries to move out of your district rather than represent you, who just elected him, he's going to try to go next door, get closer to big city Charlotte. I think that might actually be the most damaging thing that he did to himself. Brett Winterville is up next. Stick around. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.